Greetings, everyone. I'm Declassified Dave, one-third of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast, and you're listening to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Imagine, if you will, a nice warm day in the Australian outback. A gorgeous, cloudless day. You're a tourist to this land and desire a long, peaceful hike to soak in the beauty of this serene environment around you. Walking along the path, you stop to take a drink of water and rest under the shade of a large, sturdy eucalyptus tree. It's silent around you, except for the light buzzing of cicadas and the occasional call of a kookaburra. All seems right in the world, And then wham, you're slammed to the ground from above. Before you can even comprehend what has descended on you, you're slashed and mauled by an unknown beast. Long, sharp claws rip through your flesh and your screams are suppressed by the jaws around your throat. Your death becomes the next mystery in a string of recent disappearances. The search parties look everywhere, but never think to look up. The drop bear has taken another victim. Welcome back. Into the rabbit hole. I cannot wait till you put music to that. That was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Jeez. All right. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, guys. Before we get into this episode, we've got a few things we want to go through. But first and foremost, let's introduce our co-hosts for the night. We have Jeremy. How are you doing? Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm good. I just got back from coaching my kids' soccer team, so I'm tired. Nice. Kenzar, how are you doing? Fantastic. Same old, same old, though. Same old, same old, (laughs) but fantastic. Yep. Excited for what's coming. Oh, yeah. And next up to the hot seat, we have a previous host, Andrew. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. I don't know if we ever did a face reveal. Here's my face. There beard. he is. There's this the beard. Is the beard we always talk Andrew! about. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually Andrew and Kenzar's first time uh, meeting each other. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So for those that don't know who Andrew is, there's a reason why we have him on tonight. Uh, because way back in the day, back about six months ago, he was a host of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Um, back when we had CJ as well. So basically what we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to catch everybody up here on the Paranormal Network that we're now proudly a part of. Everybody give a clap for Paranormal Network. We had our first episode go live <laughs> last Friday and uh it went well and you know, very exciting stuff. So we figured, you know, we're gonna get some new people to check out the the audio only podcast where they can listen to episodes, you know, and not see our faces. And they're gonna hear some voices that they're unfamiliar with because they didn't get to meet them. So here's one of them. This is Andrew. So when you hear Andrew, this is the face you're listening to. And uh, sooner or later, not to destroy the surprise or anything, but 
the other hosts that have been on the Infinite Rabbit Hole have also been notified that they will be uh, on call soon. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what happened was I sent out a text to all three of them today. Basically, you know, I copy and pasted it and I said, send, 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 boom. And I said, first one that, that reaches me back is going to come on. You guys want to guess who who was first? Go ahead. CJ. It was CJ. <laughs> was it CJ? It was CJ. Was it CJ? I hear it was CJ. Um, so CJ, and I, I hate to break everybody's heart, uh, could not make it today. Mm. My he, heart's uh, broken. He only had about an hour of availability at eight o'clock, and I was like, "My heart oh, is no. shattered to pieces." I, I said, "I'm gonna skip you." And he said, that's fine. As long as you get me back. And I said, don't worry, dude. I got you. Next next to the plate was Andrew. West. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's Andrew. laughs> and then. Sorry, don't everybody talk at once. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm talking like 15 seconds later. Wes is like, hell yeah, dude, I'm down. <laughs> I'm like, uh, crap. <laughs> I said, you lost, man. <laughs> You were yeah. the last one. Yeah, go away, the loser. <laughs> but come back Dang. later. <laughs> but come back later. But I have uh, plans for all all two of them, all three of them, all two of them to come back. <laughs> and today we get blessed with the beard, that yes. magnificent mm. mane. It is pretty glorious, isn't it? Thank glorious. It, it's more red because of the lack of light in my room. You're Irish wow. too, aren't you? Uh, I'm a mutt. Any, anywhere Vikings could have raided is pretty much my nationality. Ah, yes. Nice. So, that makes sense. Yeah, Scottish, Irish, German, French, English. A uh, little bit of, like, Austrian, which I yeah. don't know how they got all the way over the mountains and everything, but, you know. But they did it. They and found somehow. Good for them, because <laughs> you're now yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Without them, <laughs> without their savage savagery and killing everybody and Raiding, taking everybody and all that sort of stuff, yeah. you wouldn't be here. Yeah, it's very true. So thank you, Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get all the front matter out of the way so we can get right into this topic that none of us actually know about today. You know what it is because you're listening to it and you've probably seen the title, but the hosts, other than Jake, who is our presenter today, don't know what we're talking about. I just did the intro. Of course they know. You guys know. I know. Okay, drop now, now we know. Come on. Yeah, drop you said it. Can't you? I was doing that whole thing. Yeah. Where is the acting? Is there any acting? Is there any <laughs> no. like showmanship at all? Oh man, it's the oh, my oh my gosh! God. I didn't even okay. know. Wow. All right, everybody, oh. we're talking about the drop air today. Oh. Let's get the other stuff out of the way. For those that have sent in voicemails to have your voice heard at the beginning of the episode, I just want to say thank you. We've had two so far. That's it. Um, Keep them coming. Um, no, we've had three. One of them is Jake. Yes, and I thank told you. Jake I was the first one. Thank he you. He was. And I was <laughs> like, I'm only using yours if we come across a week where we don't have one. <laughs> Can so, use the, a host. Send in a voicemail or else it's going to be my voice on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you do that? Uh, you go to infinitrabbithole.com. There's a little icon that looks like a microphone and you click it. And you press record, and then you can leave your contact information when you're done. It just play, 
you know, record and then stop and then send it to us and we'll get it immediately into our emails and then we can listen to it and be like, oh, cool. And then we'll throw it on the next episode. It's awesome. Literally right at the beginning. Super easy. Andrew, you hear that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking it? at it right now. Nice. Mm. But maybe Andrew mm-hmm. will sneak that away from you. I hope he does. I really do. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to plug before we get into the good stuff? Yeah. The the thing. What thing? The thing. The, the Join thing. the group. Follow our Instagram. Follow our Twitter. The big thing. Oh, yeah. And oh, then there's cool. another thing. thing. There's a big thing. What the paranormal? Yeah, I network? even know what I'm saying about that. Yeah, right. I already said that. Yeah, welcome but... to the paranormal network, everybody. Yeah, we're... welcome. Hey. We're the half-assed infinite rabbit hole. How you guys doing? <laughs> big, big thing. And we're no longer on the thing. <laughs> We've lost all of our listeners. We yeah. just no. got booted, dude. I'm so no. stoked about it. Like I, I remember, too. like looking back, which I mean, it's not too terribly long. You know, what, like? just under two years but sitting there thinking like oh my gosh our first hundred listens you know or whatever our first 10 listens like it's it's nuts it's absolutely mind-blowing that we're in this position where a network wants to invest in us and our product that we're delivering it's crazy to me so i'm super stoked it is crazy Hmm. are they crazy definitely Definitely. Come on, Andrew. I mean, they don't, took us on. You don't have to be nice <laughs> here, Andrew. You know, you know how. <laughs> no, um, it's called acting. Acting. <laughs> Somebody was doing it. Thank you. <laughs> no, seriously, I can't be more happy. I can't be more thankful to the Paranormal Network for for adding us and accepting us into you know their network. And that this collaboration is just insane. It's beyond my wildest dreams for for this platform. And uh, yeah, everything's looking up. And Infinite Rabbit Hole is going to go places. And it it is in part thank you to the Paranormal Network. So uh, once again, thank you, Paranormal Network. Yes, thank you very much. And then uh, merci. Yeah, see. <laughs> Merci. We speak, we speak other Merci. languages here too. <laughs> all right. Anything else? What else do we have to get? No, I think that's all. I put the Facebook group. If anybody's looking for the Facebook group that we're always talking about, I've been linking it in the show description. Um, I'm not exactly sure how the Paranormal Network's dealing with our show description, um, but you can always go to like Spotify or anything else, find Infinite Rabbit Hole, go to the show description, click on the the Facebook link that I that I put in there. Join the group. It's it's awesome. We have a great community there. It is fantastic. We have people posting about some really cool stuff, cryptids, uh UFOs, aliens, scientific discoveries, all kinds of really cool cool stuff and uh just a absolute wonderful community where people are very supportive of the show and we get to actually get to talk to all you guys and which has been a blast. Oh yeah, so. for sure. But oh, I think that's it. That's oh. what it was. What? The merch. <gasps> the we merch. have. We sorry to cut you off. Were you no. finished? <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Wait. So, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm no. No, you are. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you nope, are you're now. now. <laughs> so, for those of you that have been asking for specific things for us to make in our store, um, I've been working on a lot of different designs. 
we're trying to put out a new line of merch um things like uh your favorite cryptid wearing an infinite rabbit hole t-shirt and then say bigfoot's favorite podcast you know nessie's favorite podcast things like that uh a bunch of joke shirts that you know mess around with things that jeff has said about gravity being fake and nukes being fake and dinosaurs, dinosaurs being fake being and all fake. that sort of stuff and finland um, being above yeah uh, right as Minnesota. you can see yeah. <laughs> right the land um, of a thousand lakes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah finland <laughs> yeah so we're working on some new stuff i know people have been asking for things like hats and beanies those are going to take a minute because we need to modify our logo so it can be turned into a patch and it can be embroidered on those hats and those different items it's a little bit tricky because of the way that the colors work out. So that one is going to be a bit, uh, but all those, we, we keep hearing those suggestions. I want to you know, let the listeners know that we are hearing it and we're responding and we're working on all that stuff. Um, we'd rather just drop it all as a pack versus a, you know, onesie twosies here and there. Um, but yeah, so wanted to give everyone a heads up that that's all in, in the works and probably within the next, Let's say within the next couple weeks to a month, we'll start releasing some some good stuff and some different things that have been released um, for us to release to you guys. So uh, more than just mouse pads and coffee cups and, you know, some hoodies and stuff, but, you know, tank tops, muscle tees, uh, various types of hats, fanny packs, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like if you guys it's if you guys want it, you know, throw us in a uh, a comment in our Facebook group, send us an email, whatever, say, Hey, I'd like this sort of design and this idea. And we'll, we'll crank it out and see, and see how you guys like it. So right. yeah, good stuff coming through. Yep. And for all of those that are not familiar with the infinite rabbit hole and they're wondering why the hell we're just sitting here talking about ourselves for so long. <laughs> you gotta remember we have had relationships before you. No, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. No, uh, we do have quite the fan base uh, that we're very, very proud of, and we're excited to have you come and join, too. Uh, eventually, you guys will get to know some of the stuff that we joke about, like that. Uh, we'll just go over that shirt that Jake's wearing right now. Uh, the Finland. Go ahead. Stand, stand up. Let, let me see that shirt there, Jake. You'd be our model. It's uh, Finland over Minnesota. It is drawn like a, a elementary school kid. Uh, that's actually Jake's. You know, Jake drew that. Good job, yep. Jake. He, he colored it in himself too, but basically in our Wendigo episode, uh, there is a joke about Finland and Minnesota, and it was hilarious. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yes, definitely shame- go listen to it. Shameless self promotion, clickbait right there for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go check it out. Uh, that was Kenzar's first episode with the Infinite Rabbit Hole. She actually came on as a guest. Yep. Yes, I guessed it on that one. And but I got to days, choose the topic. And then two she days did. later, she was a host. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much, pretty much how that worked. But, all right, so we're almost 15 minutes into this episode yet, and we haven't started talking about the topic. So Okay, so I just, right off the bat, what do you guys know about drop bears? What have you heard? What do you think that they are? You know, all that sort of stuff. Kenzar, go. go. No, let's go Andrew, Andrew, Andrew first. Andrew first. Okay. Andrew, go. Andrew first. Nothing. Kenzar, okay. go. Okay, Kenzar, go. <laughs> I know a lot. I know a lot. I don't want to... My understanding of a drop bear is it's literally a koala that just drops out of the tree and scares the bejesus out of everybody. Okay, wrong. Jeremy, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure they're just evil koalas. 
wrong. That's what I've <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what it's I've a, been... It's a fictional tale that Aussies tell to scare tourists. Wrong. It is okay. not a real thing. Um... It is, uh, <laughs> based on a koala, but it, it's not... Yeah. Andrew's also so, wrong. So you're all wrong. I'm partially but, wrong. But you're all right the at the same thing. time. You're all right, but you're oh. all wrong. Everything you've heard about them is true. Even if it contradicts itself. It's all true. So... Nice. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and if you're ready, we'll so roll right into this. Explain, yes. Okay. So, right off the bat, let's talk about the description of them and where they're located. Located in the forested regions of southeast Australia and Mount Lofty Ranges, and never seen near roads or cities, the, thar- the, ugh, the Thylarctos plummetus, or drop bear, resembles a much larger version of a koala. There's Kenzar's except their fur is coarse and orange in color, and they can get to the size of a leopard. They have large claws and powerful arms for climbing high into trees and holding on to their victims. The drop bear lacks canine teeth, so it relies on large premolars to bite when it's attacking its prey. It's believed by some that drop bears are koala bears that have been infected with a disease like rabies. Their orange color allows them to blend into the tops of trees when looking up, so they are washed out by the sunlight breaking through the canopy above. Now, how does that change your opinion of them? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead, mm-hmm. but instantly something else came to mind. Mm. I don't want to get too far ahead. Does it start with a W? No. Okay, then go ahead. Oh. What, what is it? It starts with a T. Oh yeah! Don't stop! Don't jump too far ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you for me, you said orange in color, and I was like, "Excuse me, what? Like, mm-hmm. like my hair color orange?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it like, remains what? to be seen. You know, this is pretty fluorescent. I mean, we'll get into it, but okay. there's never been one that's okay. been captured. So honestly, they could Fair. be purple. You know, but someone's like, "Ooh, we should taper that down a little bit and call them orange." <laughs> Sure, let's go for it. All right. I'm here for it. Cool deal. Moving on. Sightings and attack. The ambush style of attack is not unique to this creature, although it's extremely effective. Drop bears will lie in wait high in trees until an unsuspecting medium to large animal happens to walk under them. Dropping as far as 8 meters or 26 feet, they land full force on top of the prey stunning it from the hit, and then quickly biting and breaking the neck to finish the job. If their prey is small enough, they'll drag it up into the tree so it can feed in peace. Attacks on humans are rare, as it's normally a case of mistaken identity. Those that are unlucky enough to be mistaken for prey, and get away with only bites and scratches, often report seeing them starting around April 1st. Regardless of the time of the year, however, they are so elusive that there's never been a drop bear captured dead or alive. It's interesting to note that there has never been a reported attack on an Australian native, and the mistaken identity attacks only occur to tourists. It's, re- excuse me, it's recommended by locals that a visitor to Australia can protect themselves by speaking in their best Australian accent, saying things like g'day and other various buzzwords that Australians use, 
and wiping Vegemite, an Australian food spread made from brewer's yeast, behind their ears and putting forks in their hair so that the pointy ends face upwards. As added protection, you can smear the Vegemite all over your face if you wish. Unfortunately, though, there's never been a study done to show if any of these are actually effective drop bear repellents. I'm trying not to crack up. <laughs> is this, this BS? Is no. This no, is really. It's 100% this is real. real life. 100% I love this. Let's keep going, dude. Keep going. No, come on, man. Like, like, oh, we have to, why, we do, have to why would you know? think that this is, this is fake? Because that's stupid. Why would it be <laughs> stupid? Okay, that's okay. Absolutely dumb. What, what makes me think it's fake is the fact that it happens to tourists more than anything, and what's yeah. going to protect you is a fake Australian accent. Well, think of it like uh, think of it like <laughs> sharks, right? Sharks bite swimmers and surfers because they think that they're seals, so they tell you not to look as like a seal as much as you possibly can. So in this circumstance, I mean, this thing just attacks, you know, tourists and stuff because they're probably the ones that are wandering out around in their territory and stuff. The the locals know, hey, stay away from those areas. That's where the drop bears are and the, the lofty mountain ranges and all sorts of stuff. And so the tourists go out there to go on these long hikes and stuff. And then the drop bears, you know, think that they're and the, the thing it said was its main food source was uh, small kangaroos and wallabies and other various things like that. So you see, they see a thing walking on two legs and they just, you know, right off the bat, this is my prey, jump down there and be like, oh, shoot. Unlike a shark that rips your arms or legs off and they're like, oh, gross human. That's not a seal. This one just, you know, mauls you a little bit and you're just like, oh, geez, that was crazy. What do you think about that? I mean, you're not wrong, but that, that was just winging it. I just, yeah. So. I don't know. As long as you're doing Australian stuff or you look like an Australian, you're good to go, right? Yeah. Okay, so so wear khaki shorts and bluntstones. You're golden. That's a whole pocket. <laughs> pocket <laughs> piece. Oh, okay. I was just yeah. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Say things sure. like, that's yeah, not a knife. Nah, it is a knife. Yeah, yeah you get know? like a giant knife no, out or something yeah. like that. You walk yeah. around saying, yeah. I think it's, if you say razor blades with an australian accent it comes out as rise up lights something oh. like that i can't i can't do it i'll she butcher is not it. Gonna, gonna get attacked by a drop bear <laughs> you see that that's awesome and you're you're killing it i'm golden i'll be safe so it, okay i'll break it to you the drop bear is fake you got it you nailed it i was gonna say like <laughs> let's, let's say you're down there Right, and you're, okay. you're walking with a Fosters, and you're you're golden, right? But if you had a Bud Light, you'd be screwed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Unless you were talking about putting mm. shrimps on Barbies. Yep. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you can always invite it for a barbecue. Yeah. Or Barbie. Ah, uh, if you said Barbie. barbecue, you're you're screwed. Yep. Yeah. But if you said <laughs> Barbie, yeah, you gotta say Barbie. You might be all right. Okay. Yeah. BS. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm glad that you thought that I was serious there. Unfortunately, since interactions between drop bears and humans are so rare, there has never been a verified sighting due to their shyness. Mm -hmm. Most visitors to Australia refuse to believe in their existence because of this. So then the question is, do they really exist? Well, yes. Sort of. Well, they did. And maybe they still do. I'd like to introduce you to the Thylacaleo Carnifex. 
There's that T word Jeremy was going to throw out. That's the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the Philo. That's right. Jeremy's little dance. (laughs) These marsupials are said by paleontologists to have died out around 46,000 years ago. They weighed up to 287 pounds, had long retractable claws, and longer curved claws on their thumbs. Their top and bottom jaws had two front protruding incisors with, with blade-like molars and had the most powerful bite force among all the various animals in the world, or the various mammals in the world, both then and now. Though a marsupial, the thylocaleo had a skull like that of a large predatory cat, and it's believed to have been arboreal, meaning it lived in trees. The shape of their pelvis indicated that they didn't run fast and were moderately slow, so it would have been an ambush predator. A marsupial ambush-hunting tree dweller with massive claws that also lived in Australia sounds like the drop bear, or at least where the legend could have originated from. It was said to have died out due to climate change and because of early humans hunting both them and their food sources. There's also a relation of the Thylacaleo that could still be alive. Um, it's very, very likely that this one is still alive uh, due to being spotted, um, even though it was declared extinct in 1936. I mean, it's spotted very, very regularly. They still have pictures of it, too. Yeah. This marsupial is the thylacine, or the Tasmanian tiger, and looked like a striped cat-dog thing. It had sandy-colored short fur with 15 to 20 stripes on its back. They had a long, stiff tail and short, round ears. They can be seen on black and white images and also videos, and their bodies are often found in museums. Though they were prevalent all over Australia and have traits similar to that of the drop bear lore, it would be a very hard comparison for those ones. But yeah, those things are caught on game trail cameras pretty regularly. There's um, entire Facebook groups for people who have seen the thylacine. Um, and they're really trying hard to bring that one back. Is that so, what the Tasmanian Devil's based off of? Like no, the Tasmanian ones? Devil's different. That one's more oh, okay. like a... Though the nickname of the thylacine is the Tasmanian Tiger. Yeah. Or yeah. the Queensland Tiger as mm-hmm. well. But if you look at both of those, and we'll... You know, a cool thing about having a video platform now, for those people that are on YouTube, you should get over here because we can now add pictures so you can see exactly what we're looking at so you don't have to look it up. We should have took uh, timestamps for Jeff. <laughs> should have. Oops. It's um, right. We'll just take the current time and backtrack 30 seconds. Nah, we'll let Jeff figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This, uh, the Thylacleo, um, apparently there was cave drawings of mm-hmm. it. So the early humans, or at least the, the humans that came to Australia definitely had interactions with this thing. So I totally buy that they were, you know, out hunting them or hunting them to extinction and all sorts of things. Um, Apparently during their die out period was around the time of a uh, massive climate shift. So that certainly could have had an impact. Um, But yeah, I, I liked that. Because I mean, stories are fun, right? All these fun Mm -hmm. stories like drop bears and things like that. But then to find that there is an actual animal to in existence, or at least that, that did exist, that had just 
it's it's a it's like a mirror, right? I'm just looking at the the drop bear legend. And I'm looking at the Thylakaleo, and I'm like, this is the same animal. It has to be. Okay, uh, so you started talking about the drop bear and everything I know about the drop bear. I don't know t- too much about the drop bear. It's one of the the fringe cryptids. It's not too well known. Um, all I've ever known is that it's a rabid koala pissed off koala pretty much it's in the koala family it's just not nice mm-hmm. it, it is an ambush hunter it drops down and, and it kills um and it's also a carnivore mm-hmm. um then you start talking about you know up to 200 pounds massive jaws yeah then i'm like okay because originally thinking when you said there was another creature and the only thing I'm thinking about was the thylacine. And I was like, well, the thylacine, I don't know if the thylacine ever went in trees. I don't think it did. Definitely not 200 pounds. The thing's like a, like a Labrador size. Yeah. Um, and it's skinny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you start talking about orange. Hold up. You said something else. I was like, that sounds like a thyla. Thyla Kaleo. Yeah. Now... And- I don't know if the orange has anything to do with it because if this thing was supposedly was extinct, who knows if it actually was orange. But well, that that is so. There's there's pelts. So um, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of this thing, and yeah, it's like a very autumn orange kind of color, like the the color of that leaves would turn when it's getting cold and drying up. And yeah, it definitely would blend in. Kind of cute, but also terrifying. It's got, like, the cute little ears of a koala bear and, like, the face mm-hmm. shape, but then it's got these massive beaver buck teeth and two <laughs> huge fangs. Like, I wouldn't want to cross paths with that thing. I'm, I think you're Not right. Not to mention its claws. I think mm-hmm. this is your drop bear. You see those big old giant thumb claws that it's got there? Yeah. Massive. Yeah, I thought that it was very interesting that it was a carnivore, but had the combined molars similar to what we see in a lot of herbivores. But apparently they came to really sharp points. So it's just like they, it was described in some of the articles as bolt cutter like teeth where it could just destroy stuff, just go right through the bone, just snap. Like, a, like beaver's teeth. Right. And that the reason exactly why they think like right, and that the reason why they think that it was more of a meat eater versus a uh, versus a herbivore was because of those teeth. Obviously, you know, well, they didn't have any grinding type teeth, so if they did eat vegetation, they would have to swallow it whole because they wouldn't be able to smash it up in the same way we do. Right? We have our canine teeth we have our incisors up in front and then we have our molars in the back and that's you know we can bite and grind and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um but they would have had to have taken like chunks out of stuff and swallowed it whole because there would have been no way for them to grind up their uh their vegetation and i I suppose that could go both ways but they lean more towards that it was certainly a, a carnivore and an ambush predator because of the pelvis shape and all that sort of stuff and yeah reading through those things and I was like that's the drop bear so it and I I did I did some research to try to find out where the name drop bear came from I saw one source that said that it was based off of an aboriginal name 
And I was like, okay, so if this is based off of an Aboriginal name, then why couldn't have this story of this monster gone through, you know, thousands of years of oral tradition to then become the legend of the drop bear we know today. I know that it's a, a pretty long span of that, but that's pretty much as good as we got. Or is it? Da 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 da. Oh, hold on. <laughs> before, before you keep going, Andrew, mm-hmm. do you have an opinion on whether the Philo could be the drop bear? Um, it could. Uh, because that's the one thing about like all these uh, creatures. I always felt like the cryptids. It has like a strong basis of a creature or creatures like put together, and this is like uh, almost like spot on. I know. I'd like to see if it. Did it live in Australia? Like, was that yes. its general area? Okay. Yep. And was it, like, other places, too? Because I know there was, no. like, a... Okay. So it wasn't in, like, the Philippines or any other, the uh, New Zealand or anything else, like, that was close to... I mean, as far as I... I know, New Zealand had no natural uh, animals at all. New Zealand is is all invasion species. Or, for, okay. For how long? Uh, I don't know, though. It yeah, because I, like I feel thing. if you you think um, Pangaea was a thing, right? All mm-hmm. the worlds were together, separating, uh, and a lot of these like species um, they kind of evolved or, or grew to the area that they were in, right? So Australia being as hot and desert as it is, I don't know how many like trees are down there. Like, do they have a lot? Like, is there like I feel like there's a more desert climate than there would be like forests, like big trees going up or something like that. Well, Australia is certainly huge and a, a yeah. fair amount of it is that sort of desert climate, but they do have mountain ranges and big right. forests and stuff. So, I mean, it's not too far-fetched. Say like they wouldn't be able to be everywhere, yeah. but certainly there's there's enough territory for them to be at and i believe they're also on kangaroo island which which is south south of australia so like just underneath it and um, you mentioned earlier that there was the climate change mm-hmm. be like the whole reason why they pretty much died out because i know be. that's the desert creep is a definitely thing like desert eating away at its uh, borders and making the desert bigger and bigger Fair point for sure. But yeah, I apologize. Side tangent. Yes, I do think that this is probably the the closest thing to like an actual uh drop bear. I'm thinking of it from like the point of view of the tourists, right? Because you said the tourists are the ones that get screwed up all the time. Mm, and yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. So the legends the aboriginals have to basically create the legend, right? They have to know that these exist or that they have existed in in at some point. So I don't know. There there's a lot. I think that the Thylocleo definitely is the best candidate to be the actual drop bear. 
I just can't get over the whole Vegemite and the forks and stuff. That's so dumb. That's just because you're a non-believer. <laughs> shun the non-believer. Shun. It's not. It's not <laughs> shun. <laughs> Uh, it's not that I'm a non-believer. I definitely think that there could be a small population of thylacoil left. I highly doubt it. I think that thylacine, absolutely. There's definitely thylacines uh, or Tasmanian tigers still out there. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're they're getting caught on trail cams. For those that don't know, by the way, side note, that the ivory-billed woodpecker has been officially taken off of the extinction list. Which is nice. really cool. I saw that. That is really cool. And if I had to put my money down on a, the next species to be taken off the extinct extinct list, it would be the thylacine. I think that we're very close to finding them. Um, we do have a couple of groups that are actively searching for these things. And um, I, I think that that's going to happen within our lifetime. We're going we're gonna to get live specimens of thi- not yeah, thylacine, not thylacleo thylacines for sure i i think that we're close no you're smiling I, jacob well yeah because you just you know just breaking into all my content that i'm gonna oh, okay. <laughs> no, all right. i i left the thylacine out i left the thylacine out of this besides just the brief description because it didn't really fit in with the uh the drop bear lore although i do agree with you that it is probably one of the best examples of and that and the uh you said it was the woodpecker the The, ivory build woodpecker yeah the best examples of cryptozoology at work right and Mm. uh and i'll go into that a little bit in my my next point but yeah i i left that one out but yeah there's definitely a lot of different animals out there that have been extinct or have been said to be extinct that keep being seen a lot and that is absolutely part of cryptozoology is, um, well, I could get into it and, and talk about it in my next thing, the the definition of cryptozoology. Yeah, good. It's not all about searching for Dogman and Bigfoot. It's, uh, no. You know, no, for sure. I'm not saying that Bigfoot doesn't exist. Bigfoot exists. If you're, if you're listening to this and you don't know my stance on Bigfoot, Bigfoot exists. It's not a mystery to me. Uh, but it's not all... You know, look for Dogman, Mothman, and the Jersey Devil. It's most of it. Various <laughs> other uh, legendary cryptids. There's also the extinct ones and the ones that are much more probable of existing or have existed at some point. The um, silverback was one. Mm-hmm. The silverback was a cryptid. And so was yeah. a panda bear. Yep. I mean, there's a lot. There is. I mean, the list is, we should do an episode on that one time. Uh, just Just highlighting the the uh, the successes of cryptozoology in general, it would be a very good episode to do just to shine a light on you know the good work that is being done out there and the reason why people are out there still searching for things such as Bigfoot and the thylacine. That would be cool. Uh, let us know in in the Facebook group if you guys want us to do an episode on that. I would love to do it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Take it. Thylacleo sightings. So, let me just throw this out there. There is a a lot of thylacleo sightings. There's way more thylacine sightings. There's a mix-up on the internet. If you look up Queensland tiger, 
amongst people that think that the thylacine is the Queensland tiger, is the, you know, the not official name of it, right? The nickname of it. And people that think that the thylacaleo is the Queensland tiger. So if you look up that and you look up th- Queensland's, Queensland tiger sightings, you're going to get a mix up of both. It's a, you know, but just keep in mind what they looked like as two separate animals when you're reading the descriptions and stuff. But these ones I, I specifically went for thylacleo sightings, people that said this was a, you know, this is what I know I was looking at. All right. There have been way more than a few sightings of the thylacleo over the last century, and I believe that it truly belongs to be classified as a cryptid. For those that don't remember, cryptozoology isn't just the study of animals believed to exist whose existence is unsubstantiated, like Bigfoot, Bing, but also the study of animals that are believed to be extinct and may still be alive. But for us to really explore sightings of the thylacleo, we have to speak about another cryptid. And now the fun part. Have you ever heard of the Warrigal? Any of you? No. I oh. want to say no. The Warrigal. How do you how do you spell that? W A R R I G A L. G A L. Mhm. Carry on. Well, it's an Australian cryptid. The Warrigal uh, is a lion-like animal that is believed to live in the Australian Blue Mountains, and it's said to be up to seven feet long and three feet tall, with light or dark brown fur, sometimes seen with a mane like African lions. Also, some accounts tell of long saber-tooth-like teeth and cat-like paw prints that are up to five inches across. In Rex Gilroy's book, Giant Mystery Cats of Australia, Gilroy makes a parallel between the two and suggests that the Warrigal could very well be a surviving thylacleo, though mostly spotted by campers and hunters, First-hand accounts of these creatures are in no short supply. So, drop bear lore, based off of a thylacleo, but people talk about seeing this new cryptid called a warrigal. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. But they talk about this thing, but coincidentally, it has the same traits as a thylacleo. It's like a weird circle. So I'm seeing some of these pictures have like saber teeth. Yeah. Like the, the extended canines, mm-hmm. like a saber tooth tiger. Is this, is this in the, the book I told you to get? Uh, yes, but very slightly. So if anybody's looking for a, uh, a good book, just actually a series of two. It's basically an encyclopedia of cryptozoology. Uh, it's called Mysterious Creatures, A Guide to Cryptozoology by George M. Everhart. The books are fantastic. And I have never went to that book looking for a cryptid and didn't find at least something. So that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to look at it. But you said there's not much. Sometimes there's not too much on it. No, just a few references to different books that where they, they have it in there. And that's where that book really shines. It is an amazing set of books. They're a little expensive. I think they're like 25 bucks a piece, but you get a lot of content. Mm-hmm. A lot of content. Um, and 
when you when you go to something and even if there isn't a lot of information on it, you can go to the the references and there's your content. Right. So it may, you know, I mean if they put chapters worth of content of every creature that's in there, the series would be 50 books long. Um but definitely anybody listening to this that really wants a really good reference book, get that series. Sorry, side note. No, you're good. So, there have been a few, there's a few accounts that I placed in my report, but rest assured there are way more than I could list on here that have occurred over the last few centuries. Um, these are accounts of, you know, sightings. So in July 2007, a woman from New South Wales described a sighting she had on her friend's property when she came across a large black marsupial predator. I'll note her account the appearance but the rest can be found at where light meets dark.com and we will definitely link it in the show description quote this is going to sound weird i know i've never seen anything like it and i thought i knew my animals being an aussie country girl i saw in broad daylight right in front of me as it was there uh as it was against the light tan of the sand slash dirt track with no vegetation to obscure anything I could see so clearly, even down to its feet and longish toes. It's burned into my brain. He or she was big, very big. Ah, too big, actually. Estimate of weight. Two friends had bull mastiffs. This was bigger than either of those two dogs. I asked my mates what their bull mastiffs weigh. They say about 50 and 60 kilograms, respectively, for both the male and the female. So I would say around 70 to 80 kilograms. And I added this for our American listeners, at most 70, 176 pounds in weight. Length and height, Thank once you. again, comparing to the bull mastiffs, they have to be 7 centimeters at the shoulder, or 27 inches. Hind quarters seem slightly lower at 60 to 65 centimeters, 23 to 25 inches, but that may have been the way it held its body. Uh, length can't put a measurement to it, but quite long-bodied. Height and length ratio as as one of the big cats, long-bodied and pretty supple. The color, all, back, all black with a white flash, possibly starting under the jaw, but definitely down the throat and onto the chest, got wider on the chest, splayed out toward, towards the shoulder fronts. Similar to the Tasmanian devil's marks, actually, but not as wide across the chest as the devil. Saw no other spots, stripes, leg markings, and no color on the body. Beautiful black fur, so shiny. I wish I could have touched it. Probably the last thing I would have touched on this earth, I guess. Short fur, looked coarse and thick, but ever so shiny. It was in magnificent condition as far as I could tell. Build, heavily, very heavily muscled. This animal oozed strength. It had large, powerful shoulders and big, wide, muscled chest. Body was quite long, but tapered off down to a slightly smaller hindquarters for an animal this size. Continuing on to the head, broad, massive skull. Big muscles down to the cheeks and jaws. Very big cat-like muzzle. Um, nose was a bit bigger than a cat-type nose and black and shiny. Eyes, tawny brown color, not 100% sure. Eyes set just like a cat up to the front with a heavy brow above them. Very pe penetrating, intelligent eyes. Medium-length whiskers. Cat-like lips. Ears quite short and pointed and set on the head like a cat. Thicker than cat ears, though. Teeth were weird, not like a cat, more like marsupial-type teeth in front, 
big ones in the front, not off to the side where you expect canines to be, seem to be a gap up the side of the jaw where canines would normally be, and then more big, thick teeth around the back. Big, solid molars could crunch through anything it wanted to, I would think. She goes on to describe much more, including location and events surrounding the encounter, but I think we can all agree that she got a really good look at this thing, and I encourage the listeners to follow the link and give it a read. Too good of a look. I mean, that's that's a good look. I mean, if you're if you're able to see the back of its mouth, I mean, I don't well, know if the thylo is known to open its mouth as far as its cousin, the, the thylacine. The thylacine, it looks like when this when this thing opens its mouth up, it looks like you can throw a volleyball into its mouth and still have room. It was um, like, wasn't it like almost a complete? 90 degree not quite but almost pretty if not pretty dang close yeah um and i'm wondering if the thylo was able to do it too well i don't want to that's quite a jaw span like wow i don't want to um misquote this article i don't have it open in front of me right now but this was midway through the article she had paragraphs and paragraphs or, or pages and pages of this is where we were at. This is the events of the day, everything that was going on. And then she had the encounter, which was this thing walked out in front of their vehicle that they were driving right in front of them, turned around and snarled at them and opened up its mouth to expose its teeth and stuff, which is right there. And which then, is something that the thylacine would do. Well, so, but the thylacine didn't have, go ahead, Andrew. Bipedal? Like walking on two legs or four? No, no, walking on four legs. Okay. Um, And I apologize. Just want to kind of throw this in. Uh, The way that she was describing it to me kind of sounded like a love novel. So I was, that's why I kind of giggled to myself. I saw Um, that. Sort of embellished a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like, I don't know. So a closer look because she wanted to give it a kiss, I guess. I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. She was talking, she's so I'm, I'm cute. Sorry. She just wanted to grab his little cheeks and give yeah. him a little kiss. The super shiny fur. She just wanted to touch she, it. She just wanted to rub it. Yeah. yeah I was, she wanted I to get a it. taste of those back molars. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was, that's what she was thinking. Oh, crush me, big boy. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I want to I smell your breath so I can know what you're eating. Yeah. Mm, I hope you're eating me carcasses. next. Yeah. Get yeah. my face <laughs> off, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> That's Please. funny. Uh, <clears throat> crush me under your funny. weight and maul me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I had a nickel every time, man. I, I'd have one <laughs> nickel. <laughs> I'd have zero nickels. Yeah. Uh, I'd have one nickel. Nice. Nice. Married You're to getting her now. places. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, man. Hey everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
I'm curious about the ability of the jaw to open on the thylakoleo because the the teeth, obviously, like what you were saying, how the teeth setup was, that mm-hmm. screams thylo. But if she's getting a really good look at the back, like the back teeth, um, that is textbook thylacine. Like they would just do it, you know. That, that it seemed like every video or every picture that exists of the thylacine, they're either yawning or just being like, "Yo, look at my mouth." Well, maybe <laughs> they had more similar traits. Because we know what the thylacine did because there's videos of the thylacine doing that. There's Mm -hmm. black and white videos, there's images, there's, you know, bodies in museums. Like, we know how they acted. We had them in zoos and cages and all kinds of stuff. But maybe the thylacaleo could do the same thing because they are part of the same animal group, right? Maybe they could do the exact same thing. But the the aborigine people or aboriginal people that saw them all the time didn't take a bunch of notes in their oral history of like, and then they would yawn so wide we could throw a football under their throat. Like they just, you know, because maybe they um, did the exact same thing. Maybe they had a jaw like that. You know, maybe that's how they were able to wrap that jaw around the throats of their victims and their their prey was to be able to open it up like that and then just crush that thing down on them. So I was watching something a long time ago on the Fire Cleo. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even begin to tell you where I saw it, so I, I can't even quote it or reference it correctly. But there, it was some scientific deep dive into the thylacoleo, and they said that they were an ambush predator, mm-hmm. so they would jump off of like rocks, tree low low hanging tree branches, cliffs, that kind of stuff, grab onto you by your throat. And literally shred you to pieces with their hind legs. Like I guess mm. uh, they they were they they were known for having like these big raptor claws on their mm-hmm. front paws, and on their back ones they had like five of them, and they would just literally shred you to pieces. Like mm. they'd have you by your throat and just mm. <laughs> yeah, and and your your insides would become outsides. Yeah. Well, don't kangaroos attack that way too? Kangaroos are punks. with their hind legs, like uh, ripping it open. I don't know. I saw. It. So we just we've been talking about kangaroos a lot lately. So <laughs> I've been wa- I watched kangaroos. A, I watched a video of a kangaroo putting a dog in a headlock. Some, yeah, some dude came up and just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Them. That, that kangaroo was like. Did that dude just they're, hit me? They're jack, man. They, <laughs> they are. They don't weigh lift, but they got those muscles, like those arms. Right? You would think that they yeah. jump with their arms. Yeah, you know, exactly. Andrew, I think that you're right. I, I do recall hearing something about when they lean back onto their tails and then they kick yeah. out with their, their yeah. feet, but their feet have really long, sharp claws, similar to their, their paws, like the front paws, have these crazy long claws. And so they have the ability to just rip your guts open when they do that because they kick out at you with such force and those claws just dig in and rip. So yeah, yeah, another marsupial. It would make sense, right? I wonder. And they had opossums. They had big uh, tails too. Like they would be able to lean back on, right? Or no? I didn't actually look a picture up of the little guy we were talking about. The thylacoleo. Thylacoleo. Yeah. But if it's their tails look kind of weak. 
uh, in well, comparison. Not... Like, so it looks like a cattail, which is kind of... Cattails are just full of nerve endings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, kind of... Yeah, I don't it, know. It looks like that, but then there's other articles that I, I found, like National Geographic type stuff, saying that some people believe, some paleontologists believe that their tails were much thicker than people portray them as, and that they probably okay. could have used them similarly to kangaroos, but obviously not running around on their hind legs, but right. using it as a support or something like that. See, I wish, I'm looking at a picture of a skeleton of a, of one of mm-hmm. them, and I, I it doesn't have the tail. That's uh... the only thing missing on this skeleton, is the tail. And it's, there's pictures of different skeletons, but mm-hmm. they're all pretty much the same skeleton of in the same position and everything and it's every single one of these is missing the tail so it makes me wish that the skeleton had the tail just so we could look at it closer and get a maybe a better idea of it but i'm just basing my opinion off of these couple drawings Mm. artist drawings of what the skeleton potentially could be with the tail what it could have looked like with its tail and Mm -hmm. it looks like a pretty weak tail to me weak pathetic tail yeah <laughs> so in the description that she said she said something about the it tapering off towards the back end right yes which that, is, which... Sa- that again sounds like a thylacine so if you if you look at a picture of a thylacine sorry for this graphic uh imagery here but by its butthole it oh. looks like it's in enlarged and it would give that that uh look you know where it starts off large and then as the ribs collapsed into its pelvic area it would thin out and then past the legs it would go from a bulge not like a cat or a dog where it just the legs mm-hmm. and then there's tail but it seems like the body continues past the legs into the tail you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? We'd have to put a picture up. Yeah. You're saying this thing has a booty. A yeah. booty. Yeah. He's saying well, booty. A butthole, at least. I don't know about a booty. Oh, okay. So I, not I, like a, a orangut- not a orangutan, but the not red butt yeah. monkeys. Yeah. The baboons. Not like that. Baboons, yeah. Baboons, thank you. <laughs> I put a uh, a note for the time so that so that uh uh Jeff can throw in a picture of a thylacine butthole. For all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Jeremy. We'll be sure to yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> just gonna... right next to it. <laughs> I'm just happy that Jeffrey's the one that's got to look up a thousand butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Put that up there. <laughs> He's gonna um, have a great time. Right, this romanticizing <laughs> of the incident, talking about its butthole. Just man, what a great episode! Your thumbnail. Yeah, what a great episode you turned this into, Jeremy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. There he goes again. There he Just... goes again. Okay, may- maybe I'm wrong about the tail. I'm looking at a taxidermy one, and it looks like it's got quite a thick tail on its on its hind end. Oh, would you say so... thick with two C's? <laughs> I don't know how much damage that thing would do, but is there a picture it could, of its butthole? Because it looks short. No, no, no buttholes. Okay. I'm not looking at buttholes here. <laughs> <sighs> you guys are 
Great. All right. It, it's a short tail, though, so I don't know how much damage that would really do. I'm trying to be scientific. Well, I don't know, like, damage-wise, but, like, using it like a kickstand to lean back on. I don't know. Right. Might, seen... might be able to do that. It's got like it's kind of like a kangaroo tail. It's got a really thick base to it, and then tapers off at the end. So I stand corrected go. about the tail. Mm. There we go. You ready for the second sighting? <laughs> yes, yes. Bring it on. Don't worry. I'm I'll, muting my I'll let us have fifteen minutes of conversation after this one too. <laughs> In the mid two thousands, residents of the town of Tumblegum in New South Wales, claimed to have seen the marsupial lion and claimed it was feeding on the wildlife in the area. The description given was just like a thylacaleo, lion-sized with short marsupial legs that made it waddle while it was walking, a wombat-like nose, large protruding front incisors on the top and bottom, and brindle-colored fur. So that is more like a thylacaleo, especially with the brindle coloring. I hadn't seen the pelt that was actually orange um in any of the the pictures or anything that i looked at but if you did then it having this brindle colored fur which i don't know if, if i'm saying something that people don't understand what that is uh, basically it's like tan or orange colored fur with black stripes running through it like you'd see a brindle pit bull it's that coloring that they have um see and just out of plain ignorance i would have called that calico I didn't know that brindle coloring was a thing, so I would have called that calico coloring. Mm. Personally, it's got because well, like calicos is more spotted, but man, I, you know, it's got I, like the black and the orange. I ran up it. on a lot of sightings where they were like, it was calico colored. I was like, these idiots don't know what they're talking about, and I threw them out. That, you know, so. there you go. Yeah, really? there you go. No, no. Oh, I, I had no idea that brindle coloring was a thing, so I totally would have yeah. called this like calico pattern, calico coloring. Well, that's a calico dog. You're a cat person, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is called a marsupial lion, so kind of not a cat yeah. at all, but kind of, you know. But it's called a lion. Lions go meow. <laughs> uh, no, they don't. No, lions go no, roar. No, you're right. Lions go roar. It's uh, cheetahs that meow? I think it's the cheetahs that meow. Maybe it's the leopards. All right. We're anyway. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. And finally, reported by the Sydney Morning Herald in 2003, a, success, a successful 2001 FOIA request to the New South Wales government came back positive that they're aware of and maintaining a secret file on some kind of black cat colony that resided on the outskirts of Sydney and beyond and could pose a serious threat to people. The unnamed outside source for this article stated, while we still haven't got conclusive evidence that the creature exists, compiled evidence points strongly to the fact that it does. If and when an expert is commissioned, the first aim would be to identify exactly what sort of animal it is. The second would be to ascertain how many there might be. Dr. Joannis Bauer, a big cat expert who was assigned to evaluate this problem, concluded, Difficult as it may seem to accept, the most likely explanation of the evidence is the presence of a large feline predator. So that one was interesting, and I know I kind of did a 
very brief, like, oh, what's the Warigal sort of a thing. But when I was looking into the Warigal or the Thylacleo, I kept seeing Warigal, Warigal, Warigal. And then I looked it up and the attributes of it sounded just like a Thylacleo. So that's where I made that sort of comparison between the two that, you know, maybe people that say I saw a Warigal, which is a cryptid and over there or some sort of like another type of folklore is the same thing as a Thylacleo, same thing as the drop bear is based on a Thylacleo. And then these random black cats and stuff. Um, the best explanation that was given was, oh, they could have been escaped from some kind of, you know, whatever, you know, escaped from the zoo or anything like that. And even zoos that were called and saying, hey, have you ever had any animals, any large predatory cats escape from your zoos? They're like, no. And even if we did, we wouldn't tell you. We wouldn't comment on that. So it's just like, yeah, that could be a lie. That could say no. We Or it could be a no. It could be a yes. You know, I don't really know. But it's it would make me wonder if I I mean I believe in you know not macro evolution but micro evolution adaptation that sort of stuff right how difficult would it be for the same marsupial lion the thylacleo to change its coloring from orange to black or have some of them maybe a a um sort of mutation in it that turns them into you know the the black coloring or whatever like i have to look at just like my my dogs right i have a red lab the red lab came from the yellow labs when there was a mutation where they started coming out with orange fur and after a while of that continued trait they became their own separate type of labs so why couldn't it be that you know here's a Thylacleo, they're orange, they got these black stripes, they're brindle-colored, whatever. Why couldn't there have been an offshoot of them where they are turning black or something like that? And then people are seeing this, or maybe it's dark brown, right? It's not even a crazy huge difference. It's just a darker orange, or it's brown, or it's tan, or something like that. And these people are seeing it, and they're thinking, oh, it's something completely different. And then they're talking, you know, they're getting a FOIA request from the government of that area, and they're like, Yes, we do know of a large colony of these, you know, quote-unquote black cats that live in this area. And they, yes, they may pose a serious threat to the population. You know, so that's where I was, that's where my mind was going when I was looking into all this sort of stuff. And like, you know, trying to make those connections and everything. What do you guys think? So, melanistic animals. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this big theory that there are these black mountain lions in various parts of the world, but I'm just going to use the Appalachian Mountains as an example because that's a very right. common place. This is what came to my mind, too. <clears throat> and uh, there's this huge debate between, you know, cryptozoology and science where biology says there are no melanistic mountain lions, mm-hmm. but there's melanistic Every other feline in the world, tigers. Right. You ever seen a melanistic tiger? Yeah, like Bengal tiger. Looking. Beautiful animal, absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Uh, basically, for anybody who doesn't know what melanistic means, all black. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Okay, so 
there are people that come out and say that they've seen all black mountain lion or some sort of all black panther throughout the Appalachian Mountains. And science and biology says, no, you're stupid. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there is any record of melanistic marsupials or marsupials, mm. whatever you call them. Right. Um, I don't know. I just did a quick search, Google search on the images. Obviously, Google lies all the time. <laughs> yeah. I had to I had to get something on here for Jeff, uh, just so he's accounted for. Um, I didn't really find anything. I mean, for the most part, there's already black wombats and, and stuff like that. So I didn't find anything where it was truly melanistic like the tasmanian tiger or the tasmanian devil mm -hmm. excuse me but as far as i know like the tasmanian devil is black already i it's not like right. a, it's not like an offshoot of the creature the creature is already black you know they have some white spots on their chest and i guess there's some all black ones that could be technically considered melanistic um but uh this melanistic trait i wonder if this is genetic and there could be some some form of melanistic family mm -hmm. you know that that have been inbreeding and such and you know they're just getting an all melanistic well one i don't i don't even know how like there's no natural felines out there is there in australia i don't believe so no i don't know um, yeah, I mean, uh, I like where you're going with that, and, you know, I get it, right? The crazy, super fantastical, you know, sighting, the very first one, right? And this, like, mm -hmm. you know, sort of romanticizing the experience and stuff, but just her, you know, oh, it had a wombat-like nose, it had, you know, those big old beaver-type front teeth, um, and it was black. Like, that's where I made that connection of, do you think that there could be, you know, this, like you're saying, melanistic offshoot in coloring and stuff? I yeah, because, I mean, if if they're looking at it and they're seeing, like, a black thylacoleo or thylacine, mm -hmm. it could look like a black panther, mm -hmm. right? From, from distance, you're looking at it and you're like, that could be cat um because let's be honest like if you look at a thylacine it looks like a mixture between a dingo and a coyote yeah right and then if you look at a thylacoleo you're like that's a cat bear yeah right it looks like a cat bear um but neither of them are feline or canine at all they're marsupials mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so looking out from a distance, it, it would be how good is the evidence that the government has? I would love to see this, this, uh, this paperwork that they, they got from the FOIA request. For those that uh, are unaware, I know that within this community, there's probably a lot of people that know what FOIA is. For anybody who doesn't, FOIA is the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, here in America, I don't know how it is in Australia, but I know various countries have their own uh, versions of FOIA, where you can request something through the FOIA, through FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, and they have to provide it to you under certain circumstances. So 
I know like if you're a published author, um, they have to give it to you. They can deny it under certain things like national security and stuff like that. But I know like the missing 411 stuff. There is a lot of FOIA requests out there that they are not giving information to even to um, published authors. I don't know what Australia does for their for their FOIA requests. I'd have to look that up. But if if they did do a FOIA request since anything like the one here in America, it should be public knowledge now. Like we should be able to go and look it up. And that's where we would have Jeff go and right. be like, Jeff, go look this up. Jeff would be like, yo. And then you come back five minutes later after doing whatever the hell Jeff does. And he would, he would present it because that's what he does. That's like why we have Jeff here. And yeah. he's also beautiful. Yeah, the Sydney Morning Herald was pretty vague on it, and so I did a a search to try to see if I could actually find it, and I couldn't. But in the time that the listeners are going to hear us talking about this to when it's actually released, if we can find it, I'll link it inside of the resource list so no, that we'll you guys can look into it. Page. We'll post that oh, on the Facebook page, yeah. Yeah, Bring, come sure. on over to the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, that 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 kind of thing. Uh, FOIA requests, if we can get our hands on that, which we will definitely put Jeff on it, um, we'll put that in Facebook for sure. Uh, okay. Um, so the color thing, coming back to that, mm-hmm. brown is actually just a darker shade of orange. If you keep la- yeah. layering orange on top of itself, you're eventually going to end up with brown. So... It would make sense if it changed, like if there was a color change somewhere in there. It's already on that path, anyways. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it? Right? Yeah. For sure. And the other thing that I, I don't know if this is, I, I doubt that this is popular amongst marsupials, but some animals do change their colors depending on the season that they're in um and also as they mature so who's to say that uh the pelts that are available of the thylacaleo weren't from juvenile ones whose colors changed to darker as they matured or in a seasonal switch or something like that i know that's kind of a reach but you know that's where my mind goes for this because i'm though. i'm trying to make that comparison or that connection between the two um unless this uh war gal or this thing that these people are seeing is a just another type of marsupial that's just less known right but i don't know it's hard to say hmm i don't think it's too much of a reach i mean i don't know much about marsupials at all but mm-hmm. if we talk about like deer, you know, like yearlings and the youngins, they're spotted, and then mm-hmm. as they grow, they eventually just become beige. Um, the spots completely go away. I mean, right. then you then you look at things just as chickens. Uh, some chicks are born yellow, right, mm-hmm. and they grow up to be, I don't know, whatever 
chicken. Um, <laughs> Brown, so it's, yeah. It's not <laughs> unrealistic, right? I just don't know how common it is in marsupials. No right. idea. I, I honestly don't think it's too far of a reach, because look at a, a hair. It changes colors with seasons to blend in with the grass in summer and... But how many different seasons are you Snow actually getting winter. in Australia, though? That's a fair the, point. The snowshoe hair. Got to remember, we're talking about specific right. location. Yeah. <laughs> you got summer, and then second summer, and third summer. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not. It's is. not like up here in Canada where it's winter ten months out of the year. Right. Yeah. So winter, second winter, and third winter. The <laughs> snow, snowshoe share hair. Snowshoe shares. Snowshoe <laughs> hairs, tongue twister. That's not even a tongue twister. Snowshoe hairs, like they live in a in a location where, you know, like in Canada, where it's cold a lot and it's also not cold a lot. So they need to be brown or gray during parts of the year, and then when they need to blend in with snow, they're white. I don't think that's the situation. Or the thylus coleo or the thylacine. I just don't see that being a thing. Um, but as like the age thing, I get that's probably more realistic than the seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd also have to look into other creatures down there and see if anything else does that seasonally, which I doubt. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to throw it out there like that because we want to think that marsupials all kind of act the same, but all a marsupial is is just an animal with a pouch that a baby matures up into. And, I mean, possums are marsupials, and they look nothing like kangaroos. What are you talking you about, know? dude? Exactly the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, especially all those kangaroos that like use their tails to like hang up in trees and stuff. But anyway, um, and go through your trash cans, but it's just like, (laughs) so it's in the same, uh, animal class, I guess. Is that what that would be described as? I think, but it's family kingdom phylum class, kingdom phylum class order family genus species. So which one? Yep. Family, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but clearly they're wildly different in appearance. So I don't know. It's just one of those things I'm kind of just bouncing around. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Good stuff, dude. Is that it? Now, That's all you got? No, no, there's more. Oh, okay. Okay. Now this is going to be, this is probably going to be Jeremy's, uh, Jeremy's line of expertise right here. Uh, what do you all know of the Yowie? I know things about the Yowie. Dude, throw them out there. What do you know about the Yowie? I know of the Yowie. Should I? Or yeah. I don't want to take your thunder. No, 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 no. Like, for real. It's an Australian Bigfoot. We'll just stick with that. Okay. Do you know of the connection between the Yowie and the Drop Bear? Absolutely not, no. No? I actually think I came across something connecting these two on Facebook not too long ago. I didn't read it because I didn't care at the time, but I swear I saw something that put those two words in the same sentence. 
Drop Bear and Yowie. I mean, it could have been that, you know, they're both cryptids. Um, Possibly. Possibly. But I swear I saw it all in the same post. What do you think, Andrew? There's got to be, if you're saying there's a connection, there's probably some type of relationship where it's like clownfish and uh, where they live, right? Do they like... Well, I mean, they're both Australian, you know. Well... (laughs) <laughs> I was I was gonna say like clown uh, fish and sharks because they both live in the ocean. <laughs> um, I no, I can't remember what their their homes are called right now. For some Anem- anemones, yeah, sea anemones. So like the and then there's like an actual scientific word for that, like something with the reef, the, the Great Barrier. No, reef. no, no, like the symbi- symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. Yeah, so, yeah, um, sim- symbiosis or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, because I know I read something about uh Bigfoot and uh Chupacabra having something similar to that in Virginia, uh, where the Bigfoot would beat up the person and the Chupacabra would come in and suck the blood of whatever's left over. Mm. So I'm assuming something Teamwork. like. Yeah, I'm assuming something similar, but I don't want to steal your thunder. I, I want to hear what the teamwork is for those two guys. Hold on. I never heard that before, Andrew. <laughs> we'll just start with that. But this is this is exactly how this is going to go. I'm going to predict what Jake's going to say. Okay? I'm Jake. And my best friend is Jeremy, and he knows me. Jake's going to say, steal my thunder right now. Jake is going <laughs> to say, there's absolutely no connection between the two. All that buildup, and he's going to be like, well, there's nothing. Wow. That's messed up. It's true. So the I'm going to laugh why, so hard if that actually happens. So the reason why you guys <laughs> haven't heard anything about the connection between the Yowie and the Drop Bear is because there isn't one. Anyway... <laughs> Literally, I said that's because there isn't I love one. It. Anyway, dot dot dot. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, knows? That was you. the best. <laughs> Way to ruin a joke. The guy that throws out the punchline before the joke's even finished. Anyway, literally stole your thunder. I know, right? Uh, I just so badly. Well. Too went so badly. Well, dear. The episode. What a guy! <laughs> I mean, That's hey, if you'd found a wow. if you'd found a crossover between the two, you would have just taught us all something. All right, let's go to final thoughts. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> anyway, I, moving on. <laughs> I want to give Andrew a chance to do the old Andrew thing. So, a little background on Andrew is. I actually found Andrew and CJ and Ninja Chris through their old podcast, Cryptid Technical, where they did a, a podcast on nothing but cryptids and folklore and uh, creatures of everything. I mean, it was a fantastic podcast. I loved it. Um, it was it was a acquired taste. Yeah, but I acquired Com- that taste. comedy. And comedy esque. Yeah, it, it was fun, right? And in, in a very nerdy kind of way. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. 
Um, yeah. And I'm very sad that they, they quit. I I hope that some point down the road they can start it back up because I miss listening to them. You, you, they got into like this, this flow where it's just like, man, these, these guys, I need to, I need to know how, you know, what the next creature is and how they're going to just blow my minds with all this funny crap. And I mean, I, I can't tell you, like, I mean, I almost pissed myself one time coming home from work because something somebody said on that show and it was just absolutely hilarious but what andrew used to do on that show was he used to provide every episode pop culture references with the cryptid in it am i right andrew Mm -hmm. right that was kind of his job was it was it ninja chris that was the one that fought it yeah right because he had a karate experience right? right yeah so ninja chris would come up with how can you defeat it in battle andrew would do pop culture and cj would do lore mythology right mm-hmm. and it was absolutely hilarious so i know that you did the drop bear at some point during your your show yeah. do you still have the notes and can you give us the pop culture stuff. I, I do. I don't want to um, step on too many toes, but I definitely have no, go for it. the old notes for it. Um, There's no toes for you to step on. Yeah, I didn't add any pop culture in here. I know that it's in a couple of video games and stuff, but I just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the most popular video game is Path of Exile, uh, which are actually based out of uh, New Zealand, the developers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually have, instead of drop bears, uh plummeting uh was it users or usa u-r-s-a so like the ursa Ursa. sorry the actual name of uh bears Mm -hmm. so instead of drop bears plummeting bears okay yeah um the comic books uh for it there is um uh, untailed toll of spider gwen which is like a spider-man alternative universe where gwen stacy became uh spider-man mm-hmm. uh, she actually takes on uh a koala commander and his trained koala bears uh but it's actually the not a koala but more uh drop bear uh resemblance of that like the more traditional koala well not the ones that we uh have been talking about mm-hmm. um in literature um winnie the pooh uh and Piglet talk about a character uh, called the uh, Jaguar, which is one of the ones um, that they always have. Just the, like the dancing and the uh, theme music where it's like uh, dark and depressing. Um, where it talks about how it sits in trees and shouts out hello. Uh, and then when you look up, it drops down onto you. Hmm. Um for like anime uh digimon i don't know mm-hmm. if you guys remember that show yeah uh there ago. was uh a demonic drop bear uh that was called uh faz fazco mon because they always have end with uh mons right. uh that was in their version of uh a forest in hell 
and would basically drop down and paralyze anybody with its claws. Um, you had tabletop games, uh, one of the more popular ones called Shadowrun, which was based around the idea of magic appearing and then all corporations uh, basically being run by dragons. And uh, so countries don't really exist anymore. Everything was under like, hey, let's roll up to McDonald's. Like United States became McDonald's, right? Russia became Burger King. Something like that. Um, so they have dropped theirs in there, uh, which are uh, awakened. Um, and they have, uh, which is, we did mention um, having some type of like rabies or something. In this universe, they have HMHVV2, mm-hmm. which is their version of lycropathy. Like, uh, so if they bite you, you turn into a werewolf. Hmm. So a koala being able to turn you into a werewolf, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, for Harry Potter uh, aspect of it, uh, the Australian Quidditch team is called the Drop Bears. Oh. Uh, and um, the actual Australian Museum has a whole page dedicated to Drop Bears, and they offer uh, members of the staff free immunizations just in case you get infected from getting bit by drop air. Right. I love um, that. I love that hilarious. so much. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, for TV ads, there is uh, a rum called Bundelenburg, uh, where it was a bunch of male uh, campers talking to female campers saying like no no you sh- should be in your own tent because the drop bears will come like you'd be more secure if you're with us um so they're like no you, you're not talking the truth and their mascot is a giant drop bear mm-hmm. so it like falls in onto the female's tent and destroys it <laughs> and then <laughs> so then uh and then i guess that hawks the room for some reason i don't i don't know but like uh so I, I just found that pretty funny. I mean, there's there's other stuff. I don't want to go too deep into it, but like those are like some of the main ones that like people would know. Right on, man. Appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you. Good stuff. Mm. I gotta kind of find that commercial. Yeah, um, I'll put, I'll put the name of it. Hopefully, maybe your guy uh, will find it or something. I will definitely. <laughs> that would that would be cool to put on the facebook page hmm. i'll add a oh. uh i'll add a little oh, short clip that i found yeah oh it uh i apologize the it looks like the guy's a polar bear not a drop bear uh, ah but it's still everything. bear dropping it's australians talking to other australians a bear dropping but it's a polar bear so that ah. was my a uh, little bit of a stretch i'd say stretching out yeah mm-hmm not as much as a stretch as that Puka was on that one episode. I can't remember what you guys were talking about, but uh, you had brought the Puka up. And I was like, there's no way. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, I like to stretch things. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I'll go first. No, no, no. Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. I could have predicted that too, by the way. 
<laughs> well, I got a whole spiel for final thoughts. Oh, well, go ahead then. Okay. Yeah, you've just been commandeering this entire episode this whole time. It's crazy. I'm um, a POS, but that's... <laughs> You're a real pog, you know that? So final thoughts. So with the background of Drop Bear lore seeming to fit so nicely with a Thylakaleo and a possible crossover to another cryptid, the Warigal, that inhabits the same location, is it real? Could the Thylakaleo still exist in small numbers in the more rural lands of Australia and be the source of not just fun lore to warn tourists or a boogeyman story for children, but also the cause of another cryptid? And with the FOIA request in 2001, is it more likely that the long-overplayed summation of must-have-been-escaped-zoo animals is the cause of this phenomenon? Or is it more likely that the black cut that the black cat sightings have more in common with the long-time sighted marsupial lion. One thing we can be sure of, the collective governments of the world are always truthful and would definitely tell us if there was a not-so-extinct super-ambush predator lurking in our own backyards. Facts. Facts. We would never be lied to. Nope. Not never. Not never. <laughs> not never. So, Jeremy, I wanted to bring this up real quick. Um, that way that you you had us do it with the uh, the Thunderbird, right? The different stages and stuff mm-hmm. of like, you know, what do we think it is? One is something, two is something, three, four, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Could you bring that out for us so that we can classify this in the same way? Shit, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember where that is. Um, well, okay, so the... The scale was one through five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, five being it exists and it exists today. Mm-hmm. Um, four being it existed at one point, uh, but maybe it's extinct now or most likely extinct. So four extinct. Um, going back to the other side, one is absolutely n- never. This is completely false um two is basically uh misidentification i believe mm-hmm. i'm just going off of uh memory here from what we did that one episode um and three was i don't remember so we're just going to call it i'm 50 50 on this I'm not sure. We'll go with that. I don't remember what it was, dude. <laughs> let okay. me uh, let me look real quick. That was Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that was your episode, so I I wouldn't even have notes on it. Okay, well, it was a good thought. Anyway, Jeremy, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> My final thought is that. Unfortunately, I think that I just, the only thing that's keeping me, like, on the the side of it possibly being a five, and we're talking about the Thylakaleo here, not the koala, the rabid koala jumping yes. out of the tree. Um, The only thing keeping me... I'm going from a four to a five because obviously this thing was extinct, right? It right. did live. Uh, 
The question is, does it live still? Mm-hmm. The only thing keeping me from staying away from four is that really awesome description that that woman left. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about is, was it misidentification? And with the being able to see all the way back to the mouth and having such a good description of the back teeth, mm-hmm. I want to say that this was a thylacine. But then I also looked at basically thylacine teeth. And it's not the same as a thylacalia. Yeah. So, I'm going to say that this is a five. Wow. Final answer, I, I think I think that there's a decent chance at the thyl- thylacalia still existing. I, If they do, the population is extremely small. Because these were predators. These weren't mm-hmm. just your your possum that was jumping into your your garbage and making you clean up shit every every morning, right? Mm-hmm. This this was something that was out there killing things and eating them. Um, if people are disappearing in these forested areas of Australia, and there are stories of something called the drop bear that has an uncanny resemblance to the thylacoleo, there's a decent chance. That description that 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 woman left, I mean, you can't put too much into it, but it was an absolutely fantastic uh, choice by you to choose that one for, to describe in this episode. Mm -hmm. Put it all together, I think that, yeah, I think so. I think that the, the population has to be super small I think that the thylacine actually has probably a decent population. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we more or less need to find their dens more than anything. And um, I have an interesting uh, fact, and I'm not going to be able to bring up the source. If I can find the source, I'll put it in the, the, the notes in the episode or put it on the Facebook. Uh, but I did do a research just a little while ago for something else that I'm not going to put out right now. But most of the cryptids that are being found as of recently have been found in trees. And hmm. I think it's because people are starting to look up. And the problem with researchers is that a lot of times they work on a 2D or a, a one-dimensional plane. And they just look in front. And they look below things. Mm-hmm. They don't look up. And when you're talking about places in like the canopies, you're talking about places in like the Amazon, the even the ivory-billed woodpecker. Uh, all the stuff that's being found is in the trees. Mm-hmm. So, do we need to go to Australia and start looking up? Possibly. Could you look up and then get mauled to death? Possibly. Yes, possibly. <laughs> so um again if I can find that source I will post it if not just think that I'm absolutely stupid and I don't know what I'm talking about and we'll go on to the next person. You'll only get mauled to death if you don't use an Australian accent. But I'll be holding a Foster's but I'll talk <laughs> in an American accent and it'll be confused and won't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Knock the beer out of your hand, and then you're <laughs> powerless. My turn? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely think that this could be our drop bear, the, thy- the Thylacleo. Is that how that's said? Mm-hmm. I definitely think this could be the drop bear. Um, what it is for me is it's the pelt and like the facial structure of it. it. It's said to look like a koala, which the thylacleo has that koala kind of face, but it's also got like the, the body of like a, a canine or a cat almost like that kind mm-hmm. of streamlined yeah. feel to it, which can easily a cat especially easily climbs a tree gets up in a tree they got the massive claws to do so so why not mm-hmm. their teeth are insane i'm i'm looking at a picture of them all right now like these these things look scary they look vicious and i would not at all be surprised if one of these things just dropped on top of you one day mm-hmm I don't think they're still around. I think this has just become tourist lore just to mess with the tourists because why not, right? Mm. But I think it did exist at one point. It's just no longer. It's just a story now. Okay. Mr. Andrew. Uh Yes, uh, so I'm going to agree with uh, both these guys um, that I feel like this was definitely um, around at a time. Like, normally I am a skeptic at heart. I, I don't think a lot of these cryptids or other things are real. Mm-hmm. But this is, there's too much similarities for it not to, to be uh, just... I don't know if it has enough food or, I mean, Australia also had all those forest fires mm-hmm. or all the fires there. So if there were this uh, population there, like wouldn't they have been chased out from some of that stuff? Could and, be. I mean, I think that's actually there... a very good point. The fires, because if you look, Looking back at it from my perspective, you constantly saw pictures of koalas and mm-hmm. and tree animals being pulled out of the fires and saved, given water, given burn treatments, all sorts of things. You would think they'd find one of these things in that process, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, I, I do the, does Australia have like a lot of ghost towns like America does or like Canada, other stuff like that? Would there be like I so in outside of Chicago, like there is tons of like housing units that are like unfortunately like crack dens, other stuff like that. Right. But bears condemned. Yeah, bears have started been using it as like places to live. So like if man made structures were there, would these things go into them and use them as homes instead of like using trees? And then drop off like a two-story building rather than like a tree. Um, it does have like, some. Yeah. Mm. Um, I do feel like I I don't think that they are. I just 
it, unless it's like we haven't gone to the furthest depths, right? We haven't gone mm-hmm. into the rainforest. Uh, definitely Australia, because everything there wants to murder you. Like, there's not a thing that doesn't <laughs> want to murder you. Um, so I feel like there has to be some area that we definitely didn't uncover. Mm-hmm. Um, thermal satellites, other stuff like that. I'm sure, like, is not gonna be able to pick up uh detailed images of like animals like that. Um, or unless the government's hiding stuff. Which it wouldn't be true at all because that's not a they don't hide things. Um, <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, not I, never. Yeah, if we're gonna use the that ranking system, uh, Jeremy said, I, I feel like I'd probably be like a, a two or three uh, for myself. Fair enough. Right on. What about you, Jake? Hmm. Be bad if I said one right now. Um, I think that uh, well, I was at a five, but given the the forest fire thing, which I didn't even think about, that's a huge good point. And let's say that they were alive, but then that forest fire ripped through there. Or those forest fires, rather, ripped through there, and they're not known to be fast runners, so they're probably all dead now. Uh, <laughs> you know, now they're gone. Um. I'm going to say five. I think that it's alive. There's only a few. It's like dang near extinct. So I'm I'm looking at a map that shows the fires mm-hmm. from last year. And you said that this thing was mostly seen or thought to be seen in the southeast. Yeah. The whole the whole country's on fire. So, you know, that was the first thing that popped into my head when Andrew said that. That's a very good point. Um, all right, they're all dead. Four. No, no, no. no <laughs> I, I, I mean, you get they're they're an animal. Animals are are, no, are pretty smart. All koalas koalas are slow. Okay, they're Look, very. No slow. one pulled one out of the fire and was just like, "What the heck is this?" They're all dead. Four. Mm. But <laughs> let's not even get into the whole thing about government cover-ups because apparently there were corpses of Bigfoot being pulled off of Mount St. Helens that have been covered up for years. Mm. When it, when I heard that one, yeah. So let's not dig too deep into that. And there's some pretty solid sources on that. Maybe we'll jump into that. That would be a good topic to talk about too. The Mount sure. St. Helens eruption and Bat Squatch showing up and all that stuff. That would be cool. That'd be fun. That would be. I'm sticking with a five. I think I think I think that there's a pretty good chance. I'm I'm between a four and a five, but for the the sake of the show and for everyone in the comment sections to tell me I'm an idiot, I'm going with a five. All right, I'll stick with you with a five. <laughs> I'll hold on tight. All right, cool deal. That's it. Yep, that's it. What do y'all think? I think that was fun. I think that was. Really I loved cool. that. Never have I ever tied drop bears and thylos thylacleos together. That was cool. Oh, cool deal. Yeah, I thought for sure that you had it. But yeah, I'm surprised that you were sitting here like, like this has got to be fake. This has got to be fake. Like I'm sitting here thinking like, start sightings start sit, uh, start appearing around April 1st, which is April Fool's Day. Like I picked up on that. <laughs> I did not. So I that was actually one of the very first things I heard when you said that, and I wrote it down here. I have 
yeah. orange color, which I thought was utterly ridiculous at first. <laughs> and April 1st reports. Why are all the reports happening on April Fool's Day? Yeah, Makes well, me not want to buy into this whatsoever. Besides <laughs> like, that, what things do we know of that have orange colored hair? Jeez, nothing. Tens are. Tens are. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It, anyways, and Tigger, I, and that's about I'm it. I'm writing on an orange notebook right now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what I wrote down in my notes was April first, orange. Literally, right underneath that, I wrote a bunch of bullshit. That's what I wrote. A bunch of bullshit. <laughs> did not pick up. Did not pick up on April Fool's Day. And then, of that course, there's. Right my of course, there's Andrew, who's just like you know, he's done all the research. He's like. He's like, I don't want to destroy the episode, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, thank thank you, you Andrew. Much. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, but thank uh, you for having me. I, I definitely appreciate coming on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it was nice yeah. seeing you. Nice seeing the beard again. Yeah. Nice meeting you. <laughs> Still look nice majestic. You thank you. Thank you are you. a beautiful creature. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> don't make me blush, man. Don't make me blush. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, I know that the last time you guys saw us, which was our first ever appearance on the Paranormal Network, we talked about the uh, Phantom Black Dogs, um, and we said that we we're going to jump into England, uh, the the specific lore in England about the Phantom Black Dogs. Fortunately, we had to, to put that one on the back burner. The guests that we had, uh, our schedules didn't quite line up, so we pushed it just a little far, a little bit further back. We'll have that guest on in a couple weeks next week we'll jump into part two of the phantom black dog series where i just kind of go over some more basic information that i missed on or i had additional time to do more research into because i have a series built on these phantom black dogs actually at like seven parts right now Mm -hmm. um but you're not going to get them all in a row that's one thing we don't want to do to you is just flood you with black dog stuff so once we have these black dog things recorded we're going to put them into sporadically you know every other week every two three weeks something like that so you're not just listening to black dog lore black dog lore black dog lore that Mm -hmm. can get a little repetitive and we understand that um but there is a huge series being built on it and during that i found some really awesome additional information the episode's not gonna be too long probably gonna be about an hour um but you guys should definitely enjoy it that's what you can look forward to here next week on the infinite rabbit hole as part of the paranormal network does anybody else have anything else to say before we go ahead and sign off yeah we don't want any of those super long series and stuff talking about the same thing for a month straight like we did with injured cold who would do that i was That was a good series. <laughs> Stop it. It was awesome. No, it was good. Yeah. It nope. was fantastic. It was just long. Andrew, that wasn't you even so a much part for of it. Us. Andrew, oh, thank you absolutely. Again. Yeah. It was also. I was going to say Bigfoot's probably Lots another of one of those Lots series of that you oh, may or may not have. I literally don't talk about Bigfoot on this show because it's not a mystery to me. It mm. is, you know. Yet I'm, it gets brought up every episode. It is. Yeah. But I don't do a subject on Bigfoot because it's just. Except for why. those four, five episodes, right? Well, when, when we first started, <laughs> we needed to sound smart. So we did episodes on Bigfoot. We did the Patterson Gimlin film. We did Bigfoot or Not to Bigfoot. 
But honestly, it's like, why for me, why even do it? I'm waiting for you guys to choose a Bigfoot topic because I can chime in on Bigfoot topics. I'd rather you guys do it. All right, I'll do the Yowie next then. No biggie. (laughs) And it's connection with the (laughs) drop. I'm going to go find you. (laughs) I'm going to go find you a local Sasquatch expert, and I'm going to get that person on just for you, Jeremy. You should. You should. That would yeah. be awesome. I live in Sasquatch Central, so like, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I mean, if there's nothing else to be said, Andrew, one more time, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. We have found our new home here at the Paranormal Network. Nice to see you guys. Nice to have my face shown. Everybody can see who these dipshits are behind the microphones, <laughs> except for Kenzar. Kenzar's not a dipshit. Um, <laughs> thanks. Unless, unless you want to be. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> all right. Good. Um, Rough. Again, <laughs> we're completely ecstatic about this new opportunity. Ready to push forward. Ready to get crazy. Ready to blow your minds. Ready to just talk and talk and talk and talk and have people blow us up on the comment section. Hit us up in the Facebook. Go to infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Leave us some sort of hate mail or lead us like what Kenzar did was, you know, as our first major fan said that we were doing a great job and how much she appreciated us and how awesome we were. We're like, yeah, we know. Anyways, <laughs> head on over to infiniterabbithole.com. Hit that little microphone button in the bottom right hand side. Leave us a voicemail. This is how this is what we want you to say. This is so and so. And if you have anything to plug, go ahead and say, I'm from this podcast or I'm from, I don't know. I, I make, I wrote this book. Yeah. I make orange notepads and this is the website you can go to. And you're listening to the infinite rabbit hole podcast. Do that. We will put you at the beginning of our episodes. If you want to hear some examples, go on over to mermaids part one and mermaids part two. So far, those are the only two episodes with the, the uh, messages from our fans we will do it for anybody in the order that we receive them as long as they are appropriate they don't say some really dumb stuff um (laughs) but absolutely go ahead and do that we are giving this opportunity to everybody and anybody to get their voice out there to get their products out there to get their podcast their their etsy page whatever you want to do this is our way of giving things to you free advertisement on a platform that bunch of people or 20 people look look at and listen to um it's free so go do it and uh, until next time this has been another path of the infinite rabbit hole we will see you next week right here on the paranormal network mm-hmm. jumping back into the phantom black dog phenomenon bye everybody bye bye <laughs>